This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots Spectator's Daily Politics Podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and I'm joined by Katie Balls and James Forsyth. We've just had the results of the final round of parliamentary voting in the Conservative leadership contest. Rishi Sunak has got 137 votes, Liz Truss got 113 votes and Penny Mordaunt is knocked out with 105. So it's going to be Rishi Sunak versus Liz Truss. Katie, was this a surprise in the end? I think this was the most likely outcome as soon as Cammy Badenoch was knocked out, in the sense that throughout this contest, the problem Liz Truss has had is there, ha- there hasn't been one single candidate pitching to the right of the party. Um, there was Suella Braveman, there was Cammy Badenoch, and then there was Liz Truss. And even when Suella Braveman was knocked out, the vote split, despite Suella Braveman urging her supporters to get behind Liz Truss, specifically saying to them, a vote for Kemi is dividing the vote. Effectively, the vote did split. Kemi Badenoch appeared, just looking at the base numbers, to have won more from Suella Braveman's base than Liz Truss did. So I think as soon as Kemi Badenoch was knocked out yesterday, it made sense that Liz Truss ought to have the support to make it to the final two. I think what's interesting, though, is still the margin between her and Penny Morden wasn't huge um, as you say you had a situation when there were eight votes in it and therefore I imagine in the Morden camp right now there's probably obviously regret but also a sense of could they done a bit more because it the, it was single figures the difference between the two camps as for Rishi Sunak um, he has been seen as a front runner I think they'll be really happy with the fact that he is quite clearly out in front now Rishi Sunak clearly faces lots of opposition from him in the party and therefore I think it was particularly important for him to come out on top in terms of uh, MP nominations now this doesn't compare to Boris Johnson and what he got in the 2019 contest if you think about MP support but Rishi Sunak can say to those who say you're going to be leading a disunited party that he won the largest share of the parliamentary vote. James what do you think this means for the tone of the contest over the next few weeks? I mean the first thing to say is there was lots of speculation this afternoon that the three candidates could be really bunched up. Now I know journalists love speculating about counterfactuals, but there was there were seriously MPs as well as journalists who also like speculating about counterfactuals, working out how likely it was that there could be a tie for second place, for example, which would have uh one twenty, one one nine, one one nine, you'd have then had to have a run a runoff vote to establish who went through and all this. So I, I mean the first thing to say is that only one candidate got over 120, which was the kind of, you know, what you need to be absolutely certain of going through. I think on the Penny Mordant side, I think, as Katie said, how close it was will feed a certain amount of resentment about some of the, the, the attacks on her over the past few days. One MP who's been around for a while, so not a political novice, said to me this morning they would find it hard to be loyal to Liz Truss's leader because they felt that Liz Truss had kind of turned the attack dogs on Penny Morden on a whole bunch of issues, which is a kind of long-winded way of saying that I think whoever the final two was going to be could be quite tricky. I think Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss will be a genuine difference on the economy, and it's, and it's, a, it's a massive difference. Uh, Rishi Sunak's argument is that the immediate priority must be dealing with inflation and that you can't get something for nothing. And it's not credible for the Tories to tell people that they can have more tax cuts and more spending at the same time. 
Liz Truss's argument is tax burden is too high. I'm going to do, as she told you in the Spectator Hustings, which you can watch on Spectator TV, £30 billion of tax cuts. She's also told the Times that she's not going back to Cameron Osborne austerity. And she also wants to raise defence spending to 3% of GDP by the end of a decade. So it's a really sharp contrast of economic visions. And the other question here is, what are Tory members looking for? How much do they care that Liz Truss was for Remain in the 2016 referendum and and quite enthusiastically, how much do they care that Rishi Sunak put up national insurance, which is you know which is a, a bruise that Liz Truss will try and and punch repeatedly? How much do they accept that the Tory Party, if the Tory Party loses the anchor of fiscal conservatism, I personally think and that uh, Rishi Sunak who I've known for a long time is right about this. If you lose that anchor, you're always going to be outbid by Labour. If this is a world in which you can get, in, in which there aren't hard choices, Labour will always be better at telling people things. So you know, if you can tell people that the state will step in uh, so they don't have to sell their home to cover their care costs and you don't need to raise taxes to pay for it, Labour will match that and then some. So I think this is a fundamental question about whether the Tory party is a fiscally conservative party still or not. And I think it is also then a question about, that there is an element here, a question about what is the Tory party looking for in its next leader? Katie, what do we know about Tory members? Obviously, we get the regular Conservative home polls about the the standings of the people who ended up in the in the leadership contest. But 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 where do they stand on taxation? Do, do we know? Well, I think we know that Liz Truss is a member's favourite and has been more than so more so of members than MPs for effectively the majority of her ministerial career. I mean, I interviewed her her first campaign print interview last week where she initially set out her economic vision and I, I think she would obviously dispute this idea that her economic plans don't make sense or are, you know are not like fiscally responsible I think she would say well if you get growth going then you're going to have that and that's now the debate we'll be heading to so I think we'll see a situation where Rishi Sunak will be saying this is fairy tales and Liz Truss will be saying actually no I've had plenty of time to think about this I've got experience in the treasury too and I, I think this is the way forward and I think when it comes to the member membership, you'll have a situation where I think we've seen a Liz Trust as a politician. I think if you look at the Conhome cabinet league table for the time that Boris Johnson has been Prime Minister, I think she has been number one more times than any other candidate. Now, Ben Wallace has been up most recently, but consistently she has she has proved to be that. And you combine that with the fact that she does have a very, I think, conservative member friendly pitch in terms of tax cuts and you can start to see how I personally think she is now in a way the one to beat because she has made it through the MP stage and that was always going to be the hardest for her so if you look at the membership polling is consistently said when it comes to YouGov polling Conhome polling that she will beat Rishi Sunak in the runoffs now lots of figures will say don't take this polling too seriously. Don't get everyone to agree to it. But it does reflect something. And therefore, the question is, can Rishi Sunak use the coming weeks to you know, eat into her vote? Now, I think they're encouraged by recent polling, which suggests that Rishi Sunak's popularity in the membership has actually risen by over 10% in the past week. And therefore... I think that if anyone is thinking we're about to have a lull in the leadership campaign because we reach second stage and <laughs> see something from the room, perhaps into you, wondering if we're about to get a break, not in not in terms of the Team Sunak perspective, because 
ultimately Rishi Sunak, I think, is in a race against time to convince members that he has the most convincing message and that they shouldn't believe everything Liz Truss says. And therefore, I think they're going to come out quite front heavy in their campaign because the ballots go out to members early August. And therefore, even though you have, in theory, the whole of August, actually that period before they receive the ballots is quite a short period of time. And I think where Rishi Sunak's team will believe his strengths will be with things such as the media appearances. It's notable that Liz Truss, I don't think, has done many broadcast interviews at all, if not one. She's only done the set events. And therefore, I think Rishi Sunak will be trying to do as many as possible and seeing if Liz Truss will do them. Now, we have the BBC debate on Monday, but that's where I think this debate is now going. But very much, I think, more for Rishi Sunak, time is of the essence, because he needs to change the minds of some members which is entirely possible it could be that Liz Truss underperforms uh, in this campaign but in terms of where the goalposts are I think we've gone from a situation in the parliamentary rounds when Rishi Sunak was the front runner to one in the grassroots where Liz Truss based on everything we know is the front runner. James, at Prime Minister's Questions today, Keir Starmer started quoting various claims made by the leadership candidates at Boris Johnson. And this was obviously Boris Johnson's last Prime Minister's Questions, so it was a way of showing that you know Westminster was, was moving on. But how do you think Labour is going to use the next few weeks of the Tory contest to its advantage? Or do you think it will manage to capitalise well, on it? There are two theories on leadership contests. One is that when a governing party has a leadership contest, it kind of blocks out the sun. No one else can get any publicity because that's what everyone is interested in. The other theory is that it exposes divisions. I think this contest will undoubtedly expose a big philosophical divide in the Tory party. And as Katie said, you know, Rishi Sunak is going to have to clearly come out first and early and move quickly because the polling suggests he has a a deficit to make up. I I think the big question is, in some ways though, I think the fact this is now one-on-one will make it slightly less rancorous because I think one of the things you saw in those multi-candidate debates is that when the candidates circle back to to argue with each other, it appears more pointed. A one-on-one debate you're obviously arguing with each other. And so therefore, you know, you haven't got a round where you pick which person you're going to ask a question to or not. But I think, you know, I think an awful lot, given that ballots go out at the beginning of August, an awful lot is going to ride on the first fortnight or so of this campaign. Thank you, James. Thank you, Katie. Thank you to Cindy Yu, who produced this podcast. And thank you for listening. A Spectator subscription is now better value than ever before. As a new subscriber joining today, you'll pay just £1 a week for unlimited online and app access in your first year. To subscribe today, go to spectator.co.uk forward slash unlimited.